Hello toppers. Today's episode is brought to you by the fine folks over at Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial if you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash turn of phrases. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from, so head on over there. You can download the books to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any other MP3 player. And with that, let's start today's show. Please listen carefully. Hello there, toppers, and welcome to episode 7 of the Turn of Phrases podcast. The fact that you've chosen to give me some of your valuable time today makes me so happy, and I can't thank you enough. Whether you're a returning topper or a brand new listener, I hope you're ready to enjoy some etymology today. If you listened to last week's episode, then you know I'm doing something new today, sort of a rapid-fire episode where I'm covering a few topics, all of which came from a suggestion from a topper over on Reddit. The reason I'm doing several of them is that I started looking into the phrases to discover their origins, and while they're all great topics, most of them just don't seem to have a lot of information out there to find. So I thought I'd just go hog wild. And no, that's not one of the phrases I'm explaining today. And I'm just gonna go through all the phrases they submitted. So sit back, toppers, and get ready to turn a whole bunch of phrases. First up is the idiom at the drop of a hat. Since the definition of this phrase is to be ready to start quickly, or to be ready to go at any time, it seems like a good place for us to start today's episode. This idiom got its start, bad pun definitely intended, from the old-timey custom of beginning competitions, such as races or boxing matches, with the downward sweeping motion of a hat, or just dropping it. This was quite common in the 19th century United States. The ensuing fast response to the lowering of the hat led to the phrase we use today. The earliest known use in print of this idiom comes from a register of debates in Congress from 1837, from a hearing on bankruptcy law. It stated, quote, They could agree in the twinkling of an eye, at the drop of a hat, at the crook of a finger, to usurp the sovereign power. They cannot agree in four months to relinquish it, end quote. That's all I've got for this little idiom, so let's move on. Next up, let's explore the idiom, taking things with a grain of salt. To take something with a grain of salt means to listen to what someone is saying, but to maintain an air of skepticism about it. This idiom got its start from the idea that eating food with a little bit of salt makes it taste better. Therefore, just like food might be easier to swallow with the addition of a little bit of salt, taking information with a little bit of salt such as a grain, perhaps, makes it easier to take in, especially if it's something hard to believe. This idiom began showing up in print back in ancient old-timey times in a recipe for an antidote for poison. It was translated by Pliny the Elder in 77 AD. His translation read, quote, After the defeat of that mighty monarch Mithridates, Gainus Pompeius found in his private cabinet a recipe for an antidote in his own handwriting. It was to the following effect. Take two dried walnuts, two figs, and twenty leaves of rue. 
pound them all together with the addition of a grain of salt. If a person takes this mixture fasting, he will be proof against all poisons for that day. End quote. In 1647, English Bible commentary writer John Trapp wrote John Trapp's commentary on the Old and New Testaments, and he stated, quote, That exposition of Sanchez is somewhat strange and far-fetched, that God's covenant with the house of David was conditional, and therefore to be taken with a grain of salt, end quote. More recently, the idiom became interchangeable with pinch of salt. For example, in 1948, F.R. Crowell wrote in Cicero and the Roman Republic, quote, A more critical spirit slowly developed, so that Cicero and his friends took more than the proverbial pinch of salt before swallowing everything written by these earlier authors, end quote. Even though both versions are used, the older grain of salt definitely seems to be the more commonly heard option, even to this day. Now on to topic three of the day, letting the cat out of the bag. This idiom, which means to reveal a secret, has two commonly accepted possible origins, though neither of them can be definitively proven. The first and less likely theory is that the cat in the saying is from the old-timey torture device, the cat o' nine tails. This was an often used device to punish sailors and was typically kept in a bag when not lashing people who didn't want to swab the poop deck. And I'll admit, I don't know if that's why sailors were lashed with the cat o' nine tails, I just wanted to say poop deck, because I'm a mature adult. Anyway, while this was definitely a thing that happened, since taking the cat out of the bag to whip someone has nothing to do with keeping a secret, that's why this possible origin is the one that is the least likely but I wanted to tell you about it because it is historically documented. The other possible origin of this saying, and the more likely option, comes from selling livestock. More specifically, livestock selling fraud. Even more specifically, piglet fraud. Which is definitely not something I've ever said before. Supposedly, back in old-timey times, when folks would sell livestock in markets and towns, they'd often sell live piglets in sacks to make them easier to carry. The story goes that when the buyer wasn't looking, the seller would switch the animal out of the sack or switch the sack entirely, and the buyer would unknowingly carry home a cat instead of a pig. The ruse would only be discovered when they got home and opened the sack, revealing the secret by quite literally letting the cat out of the bag. While there's no way to prove if this bit of trickery ever actually took place, people did most definitely buy piglets in bags, and sellers were warned to show off their animal wares inside them, so perhaps there is some credence to this after all. Before I read this quote, just a heads up, a poke is a type of bag. In 1530, English writer Richard Hill wrote Commonplace Book, in which he recommends to sellers, quote, when ye proffer the pig, open the poke, end quote. The earliest recorded English use of the idiom, let the cat out of the bag, came from London Magazine, which is still published to this day. In a 1760 edition, a reviewer wrote in to complain, quote, we could have wished that the author had not let the cat out of the bag, end quote. I guess that's also an old-timey way of saying, spoiler alert. Now, let's beat around the bush. I mean, let's look at that idiom, because to beat around the bush means to stall, waste time, or avoid answering something, and I would never do that to y'all toppers. So the origin of this one comes from hunting, 
when old-timey hunters would use sticks to beat around bushy areas to get any game hiding in them to come out. A few types of hunting still use bush beating today, but it's a mostly old-fashioned and outdated style of getting game. Anyway, the hunters usually would not hit the bushes directly because they wanted the animals to come out the top or bottom of the bush, not have the animals come rushing out directly at them. When it comes to being in print, this idiom first appears around 1440 in an anonymously written medieval poem called Generidis, a romance in seven line stanzas. An excerpt reads, quote, But as it hath be said full long ago, some bait the bush and some the birds take. End quote. In 1572, George Cascogne, and I'm sorry if I said that wrong, wrote a poem that had the lines, quote, To think bow he abused was, alas my heart it bleeds, he bet about the bush whilst others caught the birds, end quote. In 1840, Charles Dickens wrote in the old curiosity shop, quote, not to beat about the bush, for the advantages of this scheme would take a week to tell, what's to prevent your marrying her? End quote. The idiom's been used in a lot of popular literature since, but I think you get the point that it's been around a good long while in print and in verbal use. Now let's look at another idiom, the whole nine yards. This idiom means to go all the way, or to see something through to the finish. What's interesting about this idiom is that it has a cornucopia of possible origins, ranging from the contents of a standard concrete mixer to space program slang to the length of ammo belts in World War II aircraft to various sports references and more. Why does it have so many possible starting points, though? It's actually not even that old. Or is it? I feel like this might be getting confusing, so let me slow down and back up and go the whole nine yards with you. Since there are so many possible origins for this one, instead of breaking down each incorrect one, I'll just go on into the more likely explanation for where this idiom came from, which is surprisingly not as far as you may think. Why? Because it turns out originally the whole nine yards was only six yards. In the early 1900s, newspapers were using the expression the whole six yards. This was still being used at least in the 1920s because a headline from a 1921 edition of the Spartanburg Herald Journal in South Carolina read, quote, the whole six yards of it, end quote. There were six baseball teams being discussed in this article, but there's still some speculation if the six yards in the headline refers to the teams themselves or if it perhaps were the ball fields they played on, which would have been called yards. Now, there is evidence of the whole nine yards also being used around this time, but the further distance in the idiom wasn't popularized until much later, in May of 1961 to be exact. This happened because American athlete Ralph Boston broke the world record for long jump by jumping 27 feet and a half inch. This led to a report of Boston going the whole nine yards and the idiom became much more popular. This is also the first time that the yards in the phrase is definitely referring to the literal yards as a distance measuring reference. Typically, before yards was merely a placeholder for something like the baseball field in the earlier reference, it didn't always mean three feet. Now, the last idiom for today is cakewalk, or a piece of cake. Both variations mean that something is easy. 
These phrases derive from a custom of old-timey entertainment slash competition among African Americans in the 19th century. Couples would get dressed up in their finest clothing and walk around a cake. Yeah, people used to be a lot easier entertained than we are these days. Anyway, the couple who walked around the cake with the most grace was awarded a prize, which was usually the cake itself. Which, bonus origin, that's where the idiom take the cake came from as well. The first time this idiom showed up in English printing is 1936, when American poet Ogden Nash wrote a book called Primrose Path. In it, he wrote, quote, Her picture's in the papers now and life's a piece of cake. End quote. In 1964, the movie version of Mary Poppins told us that if we can find the fun in a job, then, quote, every task you undertake becomes a piece of cake, end quote. Both versions of the idiom are still interchangeably used today, so I guess you can have your cakewalk and eat your piece of cake too. I'm not sorry for that. Now to finish out today's episode with today's metaphorical moment, in which we will look at the last suggestion by the topper from Reddit, hot potato. It's just a metaphor, dude. It's a metaphor. Curious metaphor. A metaphor. The meaning of this metaphor is something so sensitive or controversial that it is risky to deal with. References to it can be found back in the mid-19th century, and it alludes to how cooked potatoes retain heat for a long time. They do this because they are approximately 80% water and they have a thick skin. Because potatoes stay quite hot for quite a long time, people should use caution when handling them, just like you might have to handle a sensitive topic of conversation carefully. I wasn't able to locate any specific examples of it being used in print, but in addition to the generic meaning, it has also been used as a reference in baseball. It can either be a ball moving so fast that a player can't catch it, or a ball that is tossed to an umpire too early by mistake while it's actually still in play. The umpire will avoid catching the still live ball, treating it like a metaphorical hot potato. And I would be remiss to discuss this metaphor without mentioning the children's game version of hot potato. This is where kids quickly toss a ball or other similar object back and forth to each other, pretending it's a hot potato. The point is to hold on to the object for as little time as possible, because music is playing while it's being tossed back and forth, and whoever is holding it when the music stops is out. Alright, toppers, that completes this week's metaphorical moment. So that's going to be the end of episode 7. I hope you enjoyed this different type of episode, this rapid-fire sort of setup. I don't think I'll be doing this too often, but I might every now and then. Thank you for joining me today to turn some phrases. As always, I hope you had fun and learned something along the way. I'm not going to have a poll following this week either. There hasn't been a ton of people voting in those, so I just don't think that they're too popular. So for right now, I'm not going to have a poll after the episodes. If people want those back, then tweet me at Turn of Phrases on Twitter. But for now, you can just check out my show notes for my social media and contact information. To send in topic suggestions, you can do that via email or on the website. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider subscribing or leaving a review. And please tell someone who you think would enjoy the show to help spread the word. Thank you again for listening to Turn of Phrases podcast, researched, written, produced, and hosted by me, Brisky. Until next time, toppers, turn some phrases.
Hey Toppers, just a quick note to let you know that today's episode was also brought to you by Boss Boxes. You can check them out at bossboxes.store to get high quality, awesome game stuff delivered to your door every month. And use my code Turn of Phrases at checkout to save 10% on every purchase. Alright, see you next week. <laughs>